Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. People. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds on 1037 The Buzz. Matt Zimmerman on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Telco Federal Credit Union. Providing loans since 1950 for your dream home, duck cabin, home remodel, or vehicle. Apply online at telco.com. It's Out of Bounds, live from the Hogs Meat Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce, now joined by Coach Matt Zimmerman. How's it going, Coach? Hey, what's up, Joe? What's up, guys? Going okay. I'm trying to get out of Fayetteville. The weather's nasty, but uh, it is what it is. We got to go to Oxford and find a way to beat those guys. Okay, Coach. Before we get into uh, some Razorback basketball, we're going to discuss plenty with you. Know you pay attention to a lot of sports out there, and with the NFL, the championship games are set. We have the Chiefs and Ravens. Lions and 49ers. What are you thinking on those two games, Coach? Well, definitely the Chiefs. I, I don't. I think their toughest game was in Buffalo. That's a hard place to play. And I know everyone's high on the Ravens, but I, I don't think the Ravens will be ready for this. It's, you know, it's a big moment. Big AFC championship game. I know they've been there. This coaching staff, Harbaugh does a good job. But I, I think the Chiefs will just be too much for them. Uh, too much is pointing the Chiefs' way. So I was wrong about the Cowboys, so take that for what it's worth. But uh, 49ers, 49ers and the uh, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Chiefs, Chiefs, I think, beat 49ers. I like it, Coach. You're already like going the, like to the that. next step. You, you yeah, get past yeah. the championships and uh, already got your Super Bowl prediction out there. Yeah. Hey, when you coach, man, you can't ever look past the very next game, so... Now that I'm not coaching, I'll look, I'll look 14 games ahead. I'll look 12 <laughs> games ahead. It don't matter. I'll look whatever. I love it. All right. So what's the schedule as far as you guys getting out of there, heading to Oxford and uh, seeing that game with Arkansas Ole Miss? Well, uh, they're leaving right now. Usually we fly with them, but we've, we've always flown a smaller plane to Ole Miss and to Auburn. And the reason we do that, and we found a 30-seat plane. It's all first-class seating. It's a nice deal. But the reason we did that years back, uh, Jeff Daniels started doing that when he was with Razorback Basketball was because if you fly to Oxford and you take one of the bigger planes, Arkansas flies a big plane. And if you you can't land that in Oxford, so you got to go to Tupelo, which is what football does, or you go to Memphis, and then you know, hour, hour and 15 minute drive, which is not bad. Coach Musk isn't big on those drives, though. And so, Auburn, you go to Montgomery, or you go to Columbus, Georgia, and the football's done both, and uh, us doesn't like to do that either. So we, we fly <laughs> right into Auburn, and uh, so you take a smaller plane, and this is a very big staff, and it's got a it's literally, I think, the biggest staff in college basketball, and now we've got 16 players, so we got a 30-seat plane, and so uh, they, they booted us. There were several booted, a lot of people... Uh, had to make the drive, and that's okay. You got to do whatever's best for the team. And so uh, making the drive, but it ain't real good weather to drive to Oxford right now. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's interesting though when you break it down between football and basketball, some of the differences there. But it does make sense when you're talking about a smaller roster altogether that you are able to fly more direct in, into some of those places. Yeah, absolutely. Everywhere else, I mean, from Tuscaloosa to you know, 
obviously Nashville, Columbia, South Carolina, Columbia, Missouri. They all have pretty big airports. There's no problem. It's just that Oxford and Auburn are both small. They're very small. You know, even Starkville, right outside of Starkville, about eight miles outside of town, you got this Golden Triangle Airport, which is Clarks, which is uh, Columbus and uh, Starkville and West Point, all those towns. They have a pretty nice airport there. And so you can even fly into Starkville with relative ease as long as the weather's okay. But uh, yeah, Auburn and Ole Miss, it don't matter how nice the weather is, you're not going to fly in there with a very with a very big jet. So as far as the staff being the biggest in college basketball, how did that come about? What has Coach Musk said? And, and, and what's the difference as far as how many staffers they have compared to maybe the average of other teams? That's just me saying that. I've been told by a couple of college basketball guys that keep up with that kind of stuff. They told me that about three years ago. And it is a large staff. And uh, But there's a lot of programs that have large staffs. And I think Coach just wants to utilize and get as much information as he can. He has a lot of guys that focus on other teams that were not even playing, you know, for you know, for, for, the, for, for the portal. That'll be happening, you know, the end of March, 1st of April. It's portal time. You know, and so he wants to have a lot of preparation done. He has staff working on Ole Miss. He has staff working on Kentucky game. He has staff, you know, helping coach these guys with him. You got film guys. You got content guys, which are social media people. You got trainers. You got a nutritionist. You got uh, a lot of assistants. You know, used to be you had two assistants. And then about 25 years ago, it went to three assistants, which I was very happy about that because it gave me an opportunity. But now this past summer, they went to five assistants. So there's a lot of staff, especially at a a big-time SEC school. Coach, when we look at this game against South Carolina, Arkansas loses 77-64. One of the biggest problems they had was defending B.J. Mack from the three-point line. And you're talking about a big that can step out outside the three-point line. He went three of four and uh, had a really good shooting night overall, scored 18 points in 24 minutes. But what what were some of the glaring issues that you saw in that game in South Carolina? Yeah, number one, defense. We just we had a hard time keeping them in front of us. You know, they were able to catch it. Even the first possession, we're guarding them, playing man-to-man, and they get it to the big kid, uh, big number 30, Boyle. And he just blew right by us off the dribble and went and laid it in. You know, at critical times, we couldn't stop him off the dribble. And it was a little bit frustrating. There were some times we left B.J. back too open, which we all knew he could shoot it. And he, he didn't do it. You know, he, he was so good in that game. 18 points, 9 rebounds, played smart, played with energy, played hard. Uh, and we did a good job on... Their best player, Michi Johnson. Michi only had went two for seven. Michi did not shoot the ball well. And then you had Miles Studi out, so you felt pretty confident, but we couldn't do anything with it. We, we just couldn't do anything with it. And uh, the defense was our number one problem, and our number two problem was inability to hang in there rebounding again. You every game, we're getting out rebounded by 10 or by 12 or by 17. And, um, you know, it's hard to win. You can get out-rebounded. It's hard to get out-rebounded double figures frequently and win. And then the third thing was, you know, just overall being able on offense to get consistency and be able to turn to a certain one or two or three or four guys and get buckets. And there was too many stretches in that game, Joe. We, we didn't score. and We got guarding them very well on the other end. Next thing you know, you're... You go from being down six to being down 16. And South Carolina led the game from start to finish. They had their biggest lead at 19. They ended up winning the game by 13. But it was one of those games where they were in control throughout the game. Arkansas made it a little bit closer at times. But when you look at it, for the most part, South Carolina was in control. Yeah, South Carolina did two things really good. They, they executed very well on the offensive end by making us have to guard for the for sometimes, you know, pretty deep into the shot clock. And then they would they would find a weakness or expose a weakness, whether it was inside the post or just beating us off the dribble or good ball movement 
in getting an open three and B.J. Mack or Taylon Cooper or Beachy would, would knock a three-pointer down. They did a really good job on offense. I was super impressed with South Carolina. I was definitely wrong. I felt like that we would win that game. I knew it wouldn't be easy peasy, but I thought, hey, if we, if we play a great game, we shoot the ball well, we just came off the A&M victory, which was great. But we had a chance to really to, to maybe you know, build a little lead on them. And think what we couldn't. We behind. We played behind. And I think we're a team that needs to be in front or close to the front. We, we have, we've shown an ability to fight back, but we haven't really shown an ability to fight back and then win the game, whether it was North Carolina or Memphis or Greensboro when we were down a bunch in the first half had to fight back, or if it was Auburn, we just weren't able to fight back and do anything. So I think we need to hang in. I don't want to see us fall behind tomorrow. I want to see us in the lead, and that way we don't have to worry about that. Now, Coach, you've mentioned Arkansas struggling on the defensive side of the ball. It seems to have been a theme that's carried over for a good portion of the season. Is there one thing that you can point to that, that needs to be corrected on the defensive end, or are there a, a multitude of factors that are just leading to uh, a collapse defensively? Yeah, it's just a lot of things. But, you know, we, we block shots. That's a positive. We got good athletes. That's a positive. The negative is we haven't kept people in front of us enough that people have been able to get a rest. Sounds easy. That's hard to correct. I've coached teams where we had a hard time keeping guys in front of them. And that's kind of what this Razorback team is going through right now. We block shots. We change shots. Uh, top five in the country blocking shots. But we're still getting beat too much off the dribble. And uh, overall, you know, I think each individual guy has got to be determined that I'm, I'm going to play better team defense. I'm going I'm to help my teammates more. And that's going to, in turn, help me play better defense because my teammates are going to be helping me more. And through that team defense, maybe we can we can start winning some ball games because coaches' teams last first year was a struggle a little bit. They guarded the three point line very well, but the last three years it's been a little bit. You know, it's been a good defense, and so it's been very surprising that the defense has not been very good so far this season. Coaches, Arkansas takes on Ole Miss. What can you tell us about this Ole Miss team and the matchup between Arkansas and Ole Miss coming up tomorrow? It's really going to be interesting. I think Ole Miss is a little bit like us. They're kind of they're kind of licking their wounds right now. They won their first 14. Didn't have the world's toughest schedule, but they did win at Central Florida. Kansas didn't do that. They beat Memphis at home, a real good win. I think it was 80 to 77. Um, you know they they beat in blew out NC State 72 to 52. They did some, they just took care of business. And then they went to Tennessee and reality struck and they lost by 30, maybe 28, something like that. And then they come home and they played great. They scored 103 on Florida. I think it was 103 to 85. I watched that game before we played Florida. I mean, they, they were so, they looked really, really, really good. And then they beat Vandy, kind of an ugly game. And then they go on the road. They did not play well at LSU. They, they struggled on defense. LSU hung 89 points on them, guys. And then they turn around and get beat by 30 against Auburn. Again, it was their defense. They couldn't. Now, Auburn's good. Um, I think Auburn may lose this week at Alabama. But Auburn's got a strong chance to win this conference. And uh, I think Ole Miss is kind of... Uh, wounded right now, but they're going home, and they need they need to hold court on their own court. Alan Flanagan, Little Rock Parkview, a key part, uh, long career at, Park, at Auburn, and his dad, of course, Wes, another Parkview guy, is, is an assistant there, and I really like Alan and Wes Flanagan. Um, I hope Alan does well, but we win, and uh, I think that Matthew Morrell's a good player. The good news is, throughout time, We've done a pretty fair job on Matthew Morrell. He averages 16. Allen averages 16. And guys, you got to watch this shot blocker off the bench. And he, he's top five in the country. He's the 14th in the NCAA history blocks per game. Not total blocks. He's not in the top 20, I don't think, total blocks in his career. But he was in Western Kentucky 
they normally bring him off the bench, and he's seven foot five. Okay, Joe, that's a big man. Yeah, it is. And uh, that's a big man. I'm, I can't wait to see him. I've never seen him in person because I want to see if he's seven five. I got a good height uh, thermometer in my head. I'm gonna see if my man's seven five uh, tomorrow night. But he, he's really good. Um, they got another post kid inside who's not bad. He only averages about three points. But he's but he, he's, he's active and uh, you know Brakefield's a guy that's been there in their program. He's a Jackson, Mississippi guy. He's a good player. Yeah, he's gonna average eleven points a game. He, he's good enough to hurt you if you don't get on Brakefield. I know that's a guy Coach Muscle is very determined to to slow down. You got You got to stop Allen and and Morrell. You got to keep those guys at ten points, eight points, twelve points. And don't don't let them hammer you. So what is it about Arkansas that they can do to attack Ole Miss in a certain sense? What is it that Arkansas can do to um, control the game and, yeah. and, and have it in their hands more so? Well, I think that's a good question. Number one, it's the people that have beat them. Three teams that have beat Ole Miss have all been able to score in pretty good chunks. Whether it was LSU getting 89 down in Baton Rouge, uh, or Tennessee, you know, scoring 90 on them in Knoxville. The teams that beat them, it wasn't like a grinded out 58 to 57 game. It was those teams scored a lot of points. And listening to Chris Beard, some of his press conference stuff, some of the things he said, he is, he's been a little bit uh, frustrated with their ability to get stops. And I've already heard him say, well, you know, you. You can't let somebody score five times in a row. We let them score five times in a row. We got a couple stops, then they scored four times in a row. So they've had these stretches, the people that have beaten them. So Arkansas has got to be very, very confident and, and very aggressive on both ends, especially on offense. We have got to drive these guys. We can always kick it out and knock a three, but we've got to be on attack mode. We need to be able to set good, hard screens to help teammates get open. Very important in this game. I think we need a good start, fellas. I think we need a good start. If, you know, if it's under 12 media, under 16 media, and we got the lead or it's tied, I like that. We just don't want to have one of those starts where it's the under 16 media the first half and we're already down six points or eight points. So who are some of the guys who can sort of take charge offensively and give you that uh, that spark offensively? Would it be a Traymond yeah. Mark? Would it be a Keon yeah. Menafield? Uh, anybody else maybe? We're, we're going to get Coach reconnected there. He was having some issues, and uh, it, they're in the midst of traveling, trying to get to Ole Miss, so... If we can't get him back, then uh, he he broke everything down for us pretty much. Looking at this this game with Arkansas coming up against Ole Miss, but as we mentioned, you know Arkansas has had their struggles, and especially in that game against South Carolina. So now they turn the page forward. They want to get on to the Ole Miss game and try to bounce back in a sense if they are able to do that. And we are rejoined by Coach Matt Zimmerman, Coach Z. Got it. Uh, right here, see, I'm around Chester. You know where Chester is? It's an old Boston Mountain right yep. here. Okay. Uh, but Menafield, you know, Menafield could help. I think mean, he's going to be the backup point guard. I do think that uh, we need good minutes from Tremont Mark. He needs to score at probably 20 or 15 at the minimum. And I think Battle, you know, I think at some point, Coach is going to turn back to Caleb Battle. He did the other day for a few minutes. And I think he's going to go back to Battle and say, hey, bring it. Let's see what you got. You're our second-leading scorer, points per game. Let's see what you got. And, and hopefully he can step up and get back to the Caleb battle that we saw in January and in February, or I mean, I'm sorry, in November and in December, because we need him. We need scoring. Um, and I think that Jalen Graham could really do some damage with quick moves in the post, and I think he's going to have to play it and help us to win. Well, what have you seen from L. Ellis over the past couple of games and what he's been able to bring from the point guard position? Well, he's brought a little bit of stability. He's had his turnovers down. He was having stretches of turnovers. That's what kind of got him a little bit in the Bahamas. And then he went cold. 
same time he was having turnovers, he wasn't shooting it very well. And so that reduced his playing time. Now his defense, uh, his defense wasn't great the other day, but I thought it was very good at times against A&M. Wade Taylor got hot. There was about five, five Razorbacks tried to guard Wade Taylor didn't have much success. But I do think that L is bringing some stability. He's a 23-year-old young man. He's a pretty mature young man, and I think that we need that. And I think he's going to give effort when he's out there. Benefield's coming behind me. Lady Walker's in there. Um, and I really would love to see Devo getting us about 10 or 12 a game. Guys in double figures on Saturday, Tremont Mark. We need several. That's how you make it difficult on Ole Miss trying to figure out how to guard you. Right now, teams are focused on Tremont because he's the one doing the most damage. Well, Coach, we appreciate you spending some time here on Out of Bounds today. Safe travels with uh, all the weather going on, and uh, we'll hear from you tomorrow night on the call for Razorback yeah. Basketball as they take on Ole Miss. I appreciate it, guys. I hope that next Tuesday we're talking about one or at least maybe even two wins. You just never know. It'd be nice to get some wins this week. We need it. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Talk to you soon, Coach Z. All right, guys. Thank you. And Coach Z gave the reminder there that Arkansas, they play two games a week. So play Ole Miss tomorrow, and then they play Kentucky on Saturday. And uh, it'll be interesting. This will be an interesting week for Razorback basketball. We're coming back with more of Out of Bounds on the other side of Break Life from the Hogs Meat Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce. Stay tuned. NFL legend Dan Hampton joins Morning Mayhem each week for a little football talk courtesy of Metro Towing and Recovery and Central Termite and Pest Control. This is SportsCenter. Last night in college basketball, Arkansas Pine Bluff beat Bethune-Cookman 76-72. They were led by Rashad Williams, who had 22 points off the bench. Their next game will be on Saturday against Southern. Tonight in the SEC, 6th-ranked Kentucky will take on South Carolina at 6 on the SEC Network. And Texas A&M will host Missouri at 8 on the SEC Network also. Nationally, there will be one ranked matchup. 4th-ranked Houston will travel to Provo to take on 21st-ranked BYU at 8 on the Big 12 Network or ESPN+. Former Razorback Jackson Robinson leads the Cougars in scoring with 14 points per game on 44% from the field, 37% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse presents Match Game on Morning Mayhem. Listen for your chance to play their version of the classic TV game show. Brought to you by Pickup Truck Accessory Warehouse, Arkansas's truck accessory headquarters for over 30 years. Call 501-568-0040 today or click online at arkansastruck.com. It's trade-in time at Guatney Chevrolet. Kick off the new year in style and comfort with the 2024 Chevy Equinox. Yours for just $23,999 with a qualifying trade-in. Or the iconic Chevy Silverado. Snag it for under $48,000 with your trade-in. Visit GuatneyChevrolet.com or stop by and see us at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville to learn more. We'll see you soon. Chevrolet, together let's drive. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for a night of heart-pounding action. Pinnacle Fight Night, where warriors become legends. On February 3rd, experience the thrill of professional boxing as top fighters Carlos Nava, 10-0 with six knockouts, and Thomas Candyman Blair, 7-0 with three knockouts, defend their perfect records. At the Maumel Event Center, as fighters from around the U.S. compete for victory. Don't miss the chance to be a part of history. Tickets are selling fast, so grab yours today at Eventbrite. Pinnacle Fight Night, where legends are made. 
Well, we wrapped up 2023. Now you got to start making those goals for 2024. How about starting with ending your joint pain? Hey everybody, it's RJ Hawk. Don't go another year compromising because of that joint pain in your knees, your back, or your shoulders, or maybe from an old injury. You need to call QC Kinetics now. They are the nation's leader in regenerative non-surgical pain relief. And you heard me right, non-surgical. They don't do drugs. They don't do surgery. And the best part, there's no downtime. Your body has exactly what you need to restore and repair that damaged joint tissue. The future of pain medicine has arrived, and QC Connects has thousands of Central Arkansas patients that are loving getting their life back. This is not a Band-Aid. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you moving again, get your life back, and listen, there's no surgery involved. Call QC Connects today for a free consultation. 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. That's 501-222-8440. I'm Hunter Bell at Bell Chevrolet. We know the best part of being in Arkansas is the people. That's why we believe you're not just customers. You're our friends and family. We're determined to go above and beyond to help make things a little easier. And we put in the hours every day so we can take care of our families and you can take care of yours. We are here for you, Arkansas. Come help us make it even better at Bale. Shop Bale Chevrolet and BaleChevrolet.com today. Find new roads. A motorcycle seems pretty simple. It has one engine, two wheels, and plenty of attitude. But you crash one of these babies, and things get complicated quick. That's when you need these guys. At Rainwater Holton Section, we keep it simple. When the insurance company tries to pay you less, we fight to get you more. No hassle, no confusing legal terms, and no fee unless we get money for you. Keep it simple. Call Rainwater, Holt, and Sexton. Motorcycle crash anywhere in the state. Dial 888-8888. Non-lawyer spokesperson. Responsible attorney Michael Rainwater and Bob Sexton. Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. Out of bounds, live from the Hogsmeade Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce. NFL power rankings are out today, and interesting with the four remaining teams that are playing in the championship games with a chance to make it to the Super Bowl. They have the Chiefs ranked number four of the four remaining teams. Coming in at number three, Detroit Lions. At 14-5, and five, and they are up one spot. The Chiefs moved up one spot also. And your top two teams, the Niners coming in at two and the Ravens at one, and they are in the same spot that they were in the previous week where they were one and two respectively. So no movement there for the Ravens and 49ers. They're one and two uh, at the top of the NFL power rankings. And I'm sure that's probably what a lot of people would expect. I think that's probably uh, the Super Bowl matchup that most uh, fans would probably be in favor of Baltimore and San Francisco. So I'm not surprised by that at all. Maybe a bit of a surprise in the fact that they have the Chiefs ranked fourth and they have them behind the Lions. But if we go back to game one, 
to kick off the NFL season. The, the, the Lions, Lions beat the beat Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, it's more so ranked on what they've done recently. and uh, But if you factor that in, I it think makes it all sense. goes back to a lack of confidence in the Chiefs' wide receivers. I mean, the offense has had its moments where it's looked good, and it's had its moments where it's looked really terrible. So uh, am I surprised to see them at four? No. Would I hope they'd be a little higher? Yes. But, I mean, it is what it is. So for... A lot of NFL teams, with it only being four games remaining, they kind of shift their focus to the off season, and there are three games to be re- played remaining in the season uh, with the championship games, the Super Bowl. There's the Pro Bowl, but it's a different type of game. They play flag football now. With the, ref- the referee officiating crew, it's been announced for the Super Bowl now, and it's going to be Bill Vinovich who's going to be the lead ref for Super Bowl 58 in Vegas. And it is his third assignment, and it's his second assignment within the past five years. And there's been uh, a couple of other refs that have gotten an assignment, a second assignment within the past couple of years, and Carl Schefters and Ron Torbert. So Bill Vinovich, considered one of the league's top refs, he's going to be the ref for Super Bowl 58. Well, this is the last NFL game that Jim Nance is calling for CBS, correct? Am I? Am I? Am I do I recall that correctly? I, I seem to recall him shifting more just to golf after this, but I could be wrong. It it may be the case. So, yeah, not not really sure on that. Okay, but right. Jim Nance, Tony Romo, they will be calling the game, and they're uh, a couple of broadcasters that have worked together for the last few years, and Romo seems to be making his way. A top some of the the top analysts in the game for broadcasting. We know that Greg Olson is there for Fox, but Tom Brady is somebody that took a season off, and he's supposed to get in the booth for Fox at some point. I think that starts next season, if I remember correctly. So yeah, Mel Kiper has already put out some of his mock drafts and what he thinks will happen, and ranking some of the top players. And that's where the focus is for many of the teams across the league looking towards their offseason. But he spoke specifically about the quarterback position. In most rankings, Caleb Williams will rank as the top quarterback in the NFL draft. But Mel Kuyper spoke about Jaden Daniels and Drake May. I think many people will be surprised to see you putting Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May, two versus three. Why do you give the edge to the Heisman winner there? He was remarkable, and I went to Herm Edwards. Herm compares him to Randall Cunningham. I know Lamar Jackson comps were going to be out there, but Herm said he was Randall Cunningham. I'll take that. I think the dual threat ability, Greeny, the what he did this year and last year, he th- the great thing about Jaden is he is aggressive with his legs, he's aggressive with his arm, but he doesn't turn the ball over. And to strike that balance is really rare and really impressive to me. And I think when you look at Jaden Daniels, the way he can attack a defense, the fear factor player he is, defense coordinators don't want to have to scheme to try to handle this guy. And, and, and Drake May didn't have that super unbelievable season that he needed to have. He had some struggles against Virginia, NC State, a couple games where he was throwing some picks, not really basically precise and accurate with throws that were easy throws that you got to make. But Drake also had a new coordinator. He didn't have Josh Downs. He didn't have Tez Walker early in the year. So you can excuse away some things. Bottom line is I'm not going to hate on Drake May. I really like Drake May. But when you talk about the second overall pick right now, I think Jaden Daniels right now has the edge going into this whole draft process leading up to late April. So that's something that's going to be hotly debated over the next few months until we get ready for the NFL draft, which takes place in April. I saw a mock draft as I was watching a replay of the Chiefs game last night that had Jaden Daniels going to the Patriots at like two or three, and I was like, it kind of borderline shocked me a little bit to think that he would go that highly, but then again, it didn't really surprise me the more I marinated on it because, I mean, obviously, Mac Jones hasn't been what they've wanted at the quarterback position, I would, but I mean, if you've got someone with Jaden Daniels' talent available that high, why not go after him? Yeah, Bears, number one pick, Commanders, two, and the Patriots have the third pick. And it would make sense having a pick that high that they would be looking for a quarterback. And just to correct myself, Jim Nance stepped away from his college basketball calling duties. He's going to stick with 
NFL and golf. So this will be actually uh, in March. This will be the first Final Four with uh, Ian Eagle as your lead announcer instead of Jim Nance. So to couple with Jaden Daniels and the success that he had going on to win the Heisman Trophy, LSU has made some coaching changes, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, but they've had some shuffling going on on the offensive side because former offensive coordinator Mike Denbrook, Denbrock, Mike Denbrock, he moved on to become Notre Dame's offensive coordinator. So now LSU is promoting their quarterbacks coach, Joe Sloan, who's going to become the offensive coordinator and play caller. Cortez Hankton, who was the receivers coach and passing game coordinator, he's going to become the co-offensive coordinator. So LSU making some moves on the offensive side of ball and uh, light of Mike Denbrock moving on. And Denbrock moved on towards the end of December, so it's been about a month that they've been going through the process, but now they promote Joe Sloan, to offensive coordinator, and he's going to be their play caller. We know that Brian Kelly is an offensive-minded coach, but sometimes you want to take a little bit of pressure off the the head coach and allow him to just become a head coach and and uh, put the duties out there for the rest of the coaches on that staff. And Brian Kelly's name is one that's been circulated if Jim Harbaugh does, in fact, leave Michigan. So if you at least nail down some some coaches on your offensive staff at least for now and uh, get all that situated then you can let the dominoes fall where they go as far as brian kelly and the potential of him moving anywhere that that'll be uh it's going to be a domino effect once some of these moves start happening now we've already seen the domino effect within college football but jim harbaugh does hold one of the biggest dominoes if he does decide to move on to the NFL. Now, uh, there's a thought that they could stick in-house and go with Sharon Moore, but if they did decide to go outside, then some of the top names within college football, they will be the ones that will be have a lot of interest and they will be debated upon whether they'll be the next coach at Michigan. And I know Pigskin Preacher has kind of um, discounted Brian Kelly a little bit, but I mean... And I guess maybe rightfully so, because, I mean, as he is quick to point out, you don't necessarily need a Michigan man to lead the to lead the program. But, um, it, I'm, you know, Kelly has been one of those names that's floated out there. He's a veteran guy. He's had success at just about every stop he's had. So, yeah, like you said, we'll, we'll let the dominoes fall where they may, and it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. NBA, the trade deadline is coming up, and uh, we saw a big trade with Pascal Siakam getting traded to the Pacers from the Raptors, and now the Heat have acquired Terry Rozier from the Hornets in return for Kyle Lowry. Now, Kyle Lowry has been a big part of the leadership for the Heat and them getting to the finals. They just got to the finals last season against the Nuggets, but Kyle Lowry now moving on where he is going to be playing for the Charlotte Hornets, and the Heat feel like they're getting better by getting Terry Rozier. These, uh, these guys, what they brought in uh, the most recent seasons is the deal will get the Heat, Terry Rozier, who's putting up 23 points and seven assists a game, and the Hornets, they're looking to get rid of some uh, some future contracts, some expiring salaries, and that's what they get with Kyle Lowry. Kyle, Kyle Lowry is on an expiring contract, and so now they'll get him for the rest of the season. The Hornets stand at 10-31, and 31, and uh, they'll get a lottery-protected pick in 2027. The trade deadline is for February 8th, and he will actually save... 15.4 mil in luxury tax on this trade, and they'll create 6.4 mil with a trade exception. Kyle Lowry, he's 37 years old, and uh, he's on an expiring deal, which is almost 30 mil for this season, and it could lead to his contract actually getting bought out. 
know that Oakland Sports is the mobile app that lets you bet anywhere in Arkansas? Anywhere. So I can bet the over when I'm in Dover. Indeed you can. I can take the underdog in Dogtown. Absolutely. You're telling me I can bet on the pigskin and piggot? Yep. Hoops in Humnoak. Baseball in Bauxite. Long shots in Lavaca? All of the above. Anywhere, huh? Anywhere. Nice. Easy to use and even easier to fund. Bet with confidence. Bet with Oakland Sports. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center in Benton proudly offers compassionate and loving care to our veterans, meeting the unique needs of every veteran who calls Heartland home. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. Get deals on what you need during MVP's bonus days at Lowe's. Right now, save $250 when you buy a DeWalt 12-inch sliding miter saw and adjustable stand together. Plus, save $710 on an LG kitchen suite and earn three times the bonus points on all LG appliances. Because Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Selection varies by location. While supplies last. Discount taken at time of purchase. See sales associate for details. Bonus points calculated before tax and fees after applicable discounts of any. Valid 115 to 126. Subject to change. You know that Big Bargain detergent jug is 80% water, right? 80% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thing. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the Leaving Bargain liquid detergent. Hi, I'm Rick Pennington of Lions Drug. We have great news. Generic Cialis is now available at a huge savings. We have Tadalafil, the FDA-approved generic of Cialis, in a 20-milligram tablet at a savings of up to 80%. We have the 5-milligram daily tablets for less than $3 a pill. Lions Drug continues to be your go-to pharmacy for men's health. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 844-676-2247 or go to our website at Lions Drug. Hey, it's Brooke here, and at Chris Crane Hyundai, we've got a huge selection of pre-loved vehicles like never before. Late models loaded with new technology? Check. Payments to fit any budget? Check. Silverado, Civic, Broncos, and more? Check, check, check. Thanks that love to say yes? You know it. Our pre-loved inventory has never been better than now. Come visit your friends at Chris Crane Hyundai on Museum Road in Conway and online at chriscranehyundai.com. Some days, my active psoriatic arthritis makes it hard to get in the game. Now, the ball is in my court. Thanks to treating my skin and joints with Sky Rizzi. Rizinkizumab Rizzi. A prescription-only 150-milligram injection for adults. Nothing is everything. Sky Rizzi helps with less joint pain, stiffness, swelling, and fatigue. For those who also have plaque psoriasis, 90% clearer skin is possible with just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, there's nothing like clearer skin and better movement, and that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzi and visit skyrizzi.com or call 1 866 Sky Rizzi to learn more. Guadney Chevrolet presents Devo Davis each week when he gets in the zone with Justin and Wes. Guadney Chevrolet just off the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville or check out their selection of new and used vehicles at guadneychevrolet.com. Make your tailgate the party of the parking lot by getting the best meats in all of Arkansas at Hogs Meat Market, the steak people.
Welcome back to Out of Bounds, live from the Hogs Meat Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce. Last segment, we're wrapping it up, and we're going to pass along to Drive Time Sports. NFL teams are making some moves with hiring GMs. Now, we know a lot of times the coach and GM, they make those hires at the same time, and they go hand-in-hand. So with, um, with the Panthers and Chargers, so the Panthers have hired their GM, and Dan Morgan, the job is still open for a head coaching job. And then with the Chargers, they're going through the interview process, and they have interviewed Don Aponte, who is an executive for the NFL and the NFL offices. And she's been an exec for a couple of teams in the past, but now she's interviewing to become the GM of the Chargers. So it makes sense from a standpoint of, these two GMs, two openings, one of them has been filled with the Panthers. They're still looking for their head coach. Chargers interviewed Donna Ponte. They're interviewing other candidates, and they're looking for their next head coach. So it would be expected that the Chargers would probably make a GM hire and then hire the head coach. On the other hand, the Raiders, they did it in reverse order where they elevated Antonio Pierce as the head coach He served as the interim coach, but the Raiders have now made their GM hire with Tom Telesco. And what is crazy to think about with this deal coming into place with Tom Telesco, he's the former Chargers GM, and he was actually let go after the Chargers lost to the Raiders 63-21. So, in turn, Antonio Pierce got Tom Telesco fired from the Chargers, and, and now Tom Telesco the is the Raiders' next GM. So that's uh, that's pretty crazy to think about. That is that is crazy. Not something that you see uh, a whole terrible lot of. Uh, let me throw in a couple of baseball notes here real quickly. I was uh, mistaken earlier. The Hall of Fame is uh, announcing its 2024 class today. I thought it was going to be at 3 o'clock, but it's actually at 5 o'clock. If you want to check that out on MLB Network, they'll have that at 5 o'clock. Uh, the Arkansas Travelers have been busy today. Uh, they've announced that they will be hosting the uh, Great American Conference Baseball Tournament, the conference tournament, uh, coming up uh, in uh, early May. And then after that, they announced their coaching staff for the coming season. Uh, Christian Cologne will take over as the manager for the Travs. It's his first managerial gig. He spent the last couple of years uh, with the staff uh, in northwest Arkansas with the Naturals. Uh, let's see. Michael Peoples returns for a second season as pitching coach. Mike Francoso will return, or I'm sorry, begins his first season as the Travs hitting coach. Is there a list of finalists for MLB Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, I'm sure there are. Um, let me see if I can if I can uh, round that up here. Because uh, uh, we know that the finalists have to get 70% to get in, and that's a number that is always key when you see that some of the finalists, they may have fallen short of that, and then you can look towards the next season to see if they're actually able to get in. Let's see, just some of the names that you've got here. Um, dum, 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 no, let me go there. Uh, Bobby Abreu, Jose Bautista, Carlos Beltran, Adrian Beltre on his first ballot. Looks like he's a pretty solid contender. Uh, Joe Maurer could very well be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but you've got some other people like Mark Burley, Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, uh, Todd Helton is on that ballot as well. So um, Beltre and Maurer, I would say, are probably shoe-in, if you want to call it that. But there are some other guys there that uh, that could make it interesting as well. Tristan Thompson, he is a guy that stepped away from the game playing in the NBA. He retired. He returned last season, and he was able to catch on this season with the Cleveland Cavs, one of his former teams, He now has been suspended 25 games for violating the NBA, MBPA anti-drug program. So he's, uh, he tested positive for a banned substance. His suspension begins tomorrow when the Cavs take on the Bucks. And this season he was averaging four points and four rebounds a game in 36 games. So 25 games, that's just about the entirety of the regular season that's left, right? Yeah, and then uh, the Cavs make the playoffs. A uh, little, it, it's the majority of it for sure. Sure, Cavs make the playoffs. Then 
he'd be able to return then. But for now, 25 games away. Kevin Porter Jr. was uh, charged with assault and harassment. And now those charges have been dismissed. And uh, there was a plea agreement where Kevin Porter Jr., his attorney, released a statement and said, the resolution will allow Mr. Porter to put this incident behind him, which involved false felony uh, allegations and false facts that now they're behind him and he'll have no criminal record. He'll be able to move forward and it'll be uh, it'll be maybe the NBA teams. We'll see if they'll still have some interest in Kevin Porter Jr. But a lot of times when incidents like this happen, even though it's wiped from the record, they were just charges. Everything dropped here. Don't know if he'll get another opportunity. He yeah, is young enough. Can sometimes be reality in situations. He like is young that. enough where he could possibly get another opportunity, but we'll see if that actually happens for him. A well-anticipated match between Cristiano Ronaldo's soccer team and Lionel Messi, who plays for Inter Miami. It's something that's slated to happen on February first. Now, the match itself is still going to happen, but Cristiano Ronaldo is dealing with an injury, and it's a muscular injury, so he may not be available to see that matchup happen between Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. They have matched up in the past several times, but he may not be available for it. Also on this day in history, the A-Team premiered on NBC, so... We saw Mr. T making a a debut on the show on TV. And then it was the first introduction of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which had Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Domino, Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, J.L. Lewis, and Elvis. So pretty high-powered induction class into the first Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Birthdays today. Tito Ortiz, UFC fighter, he's 49, and he's retired. And also Tiffany Thiessen, she is 50 today. So a couple of people celebrating birthdays today. Kelly Kapowski. Mm. What she'll always be known for. Yep. She can do whatever, but she'll all be, always be known as She's Kelly Kapowski. She's doing a lot of uh, cooking-related uh, social media posts these days. She has a good cooking show that's on the Food Network. Yep. Also, uh, National Days today, it's National Pie Day. So, depending on what your favorite pie is. What you go to, Joe? Blackberry. Apple. Okay. Yeah, so those are two of the favorites that are out there. National Pie Day, separate. uh, (laughs) Separate. You can separate those two, and you can separate those from the pack, but you can also celebrate National Pie Day. And uh, it's National Handwriting Day. So... Depending on how you feel about your handwriting, celebrate that also. Appreciate you coming in, spending some time on Out of Bounds, Todd. We'll see you the next couple of days here. Yes, sir. And uh, that'll do it for Out of Bounds today. Drive Time Sports coming up next. Your husband is pretty handy to have around. He makes the world's best mac and cheese. He's in the Tickle Monster Hall of Fame. (laughs) And he can teach anyone how to throw strikes. But a busted pipe in a basement full of water? Honey, I think we need a plumber. Is a little out of his league. That's where a homeowner's policy from Shelter Insurance comes in handy. We'll help get your house back in order and your husband back to what he does best. (laughs) See shelter agents Brian Cress or Caleb Green in North Little 